If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me this morning again to the Gospel of St. Luke. Gospel of St. Luke in the ninth chapter. And we're going to begin reading verse, in verse 51 for our scripture today. This will be our third sermon upon these verses of scriptures. And we're thankful for the treasures and the lessons that they bring into our lives. Luke's gospel, the ninth chapter, and we're going to begin our reading in verse 51. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we reverence God's word together. The Bible reminds us that it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. Over and over and over, church, those words and that truth continues to penetrate deep into my heart. Whenever we study the Word of God, I'm going to give you a quick sermon. It's not about speed reading. It's about understanding what thus saith the Lord. Amen. And it's okay to get hung up on a few words, amen, that the Lord speaks. You see, Jesus was well aware even then in his day what hour it was, the things that not only surrounded him presently, but certainly he understood and knew all things that he was about to endure and that he was about to face. And the Word of God takes the occasion to remind its readers, you and I, that Jesus was aware that the time had come that He should be received up back to the right hand of the Father. The Bible says that because Jesus knew that that hour and time was upon Him, The Bible says that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now, I pray we get to that today. I've been trying for two messages to get to that. But anyway, it says, And sent messengers before his face, and they went, and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them. Now this is our our focal point today. He turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit you are of. In other words, Jesus had a personal message just for them. Jesus had a personal word just for those disciples. A message that they needed to hear, a message that they needed to understand. And my friends, listen, Jesus has a personal message for you. How many of you believe that? Amen. Amen. Jesus has a personal word at all times for each one of us. The only question is, are we willing to hear His message? 
Do I need to repeat that? You see, a lot of folk quit listening a long time ago. Amen? It's one thing to shut me off. It's one thing to shut your spouse off. It's one thing to shut family off and just simply stop listening. Woo. I'm preaching, you ain't even sat down yet. But it's another thing to shut Jesus off. To close him out. And a lot of folks are living life just that way. You couldn't live a more dangerous life than to close your ears and shut down and refuse to hear the message from the greatest voice that you could hear. And that is the message of our Lord. He still speaks today. Amen? Amen. He still has a word for his people today. And he certainly had a personal word uh, for these disciples. Uh, and he gets to it in verse 56 when he says, For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Say move on. Say move on. Sometimes you just got to move on. Amen. Can't do anything about it. Just got to move on. Amen. You know, one of the hardest things I've learned is to shake the dust from my feet and move on. Amen. There comes times in our lives when it's necessary that you've done all that can be done to just move on. Amen. As Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, amen, and moving on. He said, I press forward. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm pressing forward. Amen. I'm pressing forward. Hallelujah. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading of his word. I'll have you standing the whole sermon if you don't sit down. Amen. May the Lord bless. Amen. One of the most important things for us Listen, one of the most important things for us, Alan, is to be in the know. Amen? If to be politically correct, and I don't know if there's such a thing exists anymore, but listen, we like being in the know. Just keep me in the loop. Just keep me informed. Don't leave me out there hanging. Amen? Don't leave me not knowing, amen, so long as I know what's going on, I'm good. But if you don't tell me, and if you don't share with me, and I have to find it out some other way, whoo, we're going to have a problem. Amen? Isn't that the way that that's our comfort zone? That, that's what you know, we tell each other that in our relationships that are meaningful and, and dear to our lives. Amen. Uh, and Carly and I, and I have always tried to always exercise that. And by the way, Wednesday, we're coming up on 39 years of exercising. Amen. Hallelujah. Get a lot, a lot of grace there, I'm telling you. Amen. Can't wait to see her crown. <laughs> We want to just simply be informed. Jesus was always in the know. Nobody had to tell him. 
Nobody had to reveal it. He already knew it. Amen. And the Bible, as we continue through this series, uh, the Bible makes that perfectly, perfectly clear. Jesus was well aware that his time had come and his departure was at hand. He knew the cross. He knew his death. He knew his burial. He knew his resurrection. Uh, all things he knew. And he was well aware that that time was upon him uh, that he should be received up to the right hand of the Father. And so Jesus from that moment on was in the mode, if you will, was in the moment of completing what the Father had sent him to do. Amen. You and I are not Jesus, but we belong to him. You ought to get a Lord a hand right there without me even asking. Amen. We're not Jesus, but we belong to him. I found it amazing that in the 40 years of Christianity and walking with the Lord, how revealing the Lord can be unto our lives when we need to be in the know. Amen? You see, we can't do that apart from Him. But if you're willing to walk with Him, if you're willing to follow Him, if you're willing to be obedient unto Him, if you're in tune and in step, if you will, with the Lord Jesus Christ, He will let you in on what you need to know. And not only will He let you in, He'll prepare you for what's ahead. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. That's good preaching. I don't care who's preaching. Not only will He let you know, amen, when you submit and trust in Him, amen, but He will prepare you for the journey ahead. Praise the Lord, amen. I've come to understand that. I didn't know it when the Lord first saved me, amen. But in 40 years of walking with Him, ah, He keeps us in the know when we need to know, amen. Hallelujah. You see, that's our, that's our greatest comfort zone. It's when we don't know. It's when we're clueless that it becomes more difficult. These disciples, even though Jesus had tried to tell them and, and did tell them and tried to prepare them, they were clueless as to what was going on. That's very obvious in the scripture. In fact, it's very obvious all the way, and I'm not trying to be difficult on the disciples by any means, but it was very obvious, not only in this particular time, but all the way to the cross of Jesus. They forsook him, they become offended in him, amen, and they scattered like sheep because of him. 
And it's easy to say, yeah, they did so because of their fear, amen. Uh, and certainly that was the motive, uh, that they were afraid. They were greatly afraid for their own lives and for their own safety. Uh, and they did scatter, but it was really because they simply didn't know. They were clueless as to what was happening and why it was happening. Doug, they didn't understand what Jesus came to do. They didn't grasp what the ultimate purpose. Beverly talked about Christmas, a time in which we celebrate the birth and coming of our Lord and Savior. time in which Emmanuel, God with us, entered into this world to walk and dwell among us. The world didn't understand then why he came. The disciples did not understand why he came and what his purpose was in his first coming unto this earth. They were clueless. Jesus certainly understood that. And Jesus had a message for them. You know, that's a difficult road for us to navigate when we are clueless. That's a difficult road for us to travel even in ourselves, amen, when we don't know, when we don't understand why things are happening and what things are going on in our lives that just simply do not make any sense whatsoever. We try to reason within our own minds. We try to reason within our own understandings. And no place better, I suppose, in the Word of God than the life of Job to get a good understanding of what that road is like. And even in those that were so-called friends of Job and their struggles in trying to explain to Job why things happened, amen, they didn't have a clue any more than Job did. Amen? It's a difficult road. The Bible says that the just shall live by what? We've got some Bible students in here. The just shall live by faith and not by what? Hmm. <laughs> Let that soak in. We are to walk by faith not by sight. <laughs> I got to thinking about that this week, and I, I got to thinking about, you know, that, that sums it up for every child of God. But, you know, we, sometimes we just got to make it personal. Sometimes we got to just snatch the Word of God out and say, I, I don't care who else is speaking to, I, I need it to speak to me. Amen. And sometimes we just need that personal, private message from the Lord that speaks to our heart and to our life only. Amen? I'm in such a time 
When my life needs to know and understand that just like every other child of God, I am to live life by faith and not by sight. Amen? I'm getting more comfortable with that because driving is teaching me. <laughs> the older I get, <laughs> that, I, that I'm to live by faith and not by sight because my driving now is a whole lot by faith and not by sight. <laughs> I don't see good anymore, amen? <laughs> I have a valid driver's license, and so the state of North Carolina says I'm fit to drive, Alan, but, you know, sometimes I wonder. And especially when I'm in a city like Greensboro, when I'm trying to get mama from appointment to appointment, and I don't know the roads. Amen. Traffic is bad. If I was the only one on the road, it wouldn't be a problem. But I share the road with everybody else. And therefore, it becomes a problem. Amen. I can see on GPS what road I'm supposed to be on, but I can't see the road until I've done going past it. <laughs> Amen? And then I think, I'm supposed to turn there. Which means I got, to, you know, she starts hollering at you, 900 feet make a U-turn. Difficult roads in which we travel. And I'm talking as I'm driving to whoever's in the car that, well, I believe this is right. I believe this is the road we're supposed to be on. Looks familiar. I'm headed northwest and that's the way home. Amen. I don't know who invented GPS and navigational GPS, but I sure hope they're Christians because I want to shake their hand when I get to heaven. Amen. At least it lets me know when I'm wrong. Amen. These disciples, church, here's the interesting part about these disciples and their life. Amen. And especially in this particular time, they were so far off course. They were so clueless that they thought they were right. You ever been so wrong but thought you were so right? Amen. Am I preaching to myself? You ever had that moment where in your heart of hearts, in your mind of minds, if you will, you thought to yourself that you were right. Those disciples, when they went to Jesus and approached Jesus, uh, they thought within themselves that they were right. This is Jesus. Don't y'all understand, Samaritans, that this is Jesus, and you disrespect Him like that? Why, we'll just command fire to come down out of heaven and just burn you to the ground. They thought they were standing up for Jesus. They thought that they were fighting to protect 
Jesus. You scratch your head and you say, well, what would be wrong with that? You see, they didn't understand his purpose. They didn't understand why he was on this earth whatsoever. And by their own words, there was an admission that they simply just didn't understand what he was about and what he came to accomplish upon this earth. It's a startling, now later on they got it, thank God, amen. But it's a startling moment, isn't it? And that's difficult for us when we, we've lived so long, amen, thinking we were right, and then all of a sudden something happened, a message came, word came, events happened, and you realize suddenly, wow, I was wrong all the time. That's not an easy pill to swallow. Amen. I dare say that many times after resurrection and after the empowerment of the Holy Ghost came upon those disciples and they became upon, I imagine throughout their, their public ministry as apostles, they look back to those days as, as disciples and just said, my goodness, how did the Lord put up with us? How did he endure us? We were so wrong. Am I talking to anybody? The old saying, it's better late than never. Amen. Some people go to the grave. Never making it right. Bruce never making it right. Those disciples didn't understand the things our Lord came to. And I, I want to close this up, but I, I want to point out just a couple of things real quick. There are lessons here for us. There are things that we need to hear. In Luke's Gospel in chapter 9 and verse 56... Jesus says to those disciples, says, listen, the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. They didn't get that. They didn't understand that. We do. That's easy for you and me. We understand it today. But they were in the moment. And they didn't understand. And what they didn't understand was that Jesus was saying to them, I have a far greater purpose than you know and you realize. I have a far greater purpose than what you are able to understand. I'm not here to destroy people's lives. I'm here to save them. I'm here to redeem them. 
I'm here to pay a price that they could never pay. I'm here to buy back what was lost back in the garden when Adam first sinned against the Lord and, and broke the commandment of God back in the garden. Jesus says, I'm here to save that which is lost. And Jesus is saying to those disciples uh, that I am the only one that can do it. I am the only one qualified. I am the only one sent. I am the only one uh, that can fulfill and satisfy the righteousness of God. I am here to save that which was lost. In closing, though we'll face opposition, Though we will face adversity, and though we will face enemies along the way, we must never shrink from the duty in which we are called. Samaria rejected him. Samaria turned him away. We today learn from our Lord and Savior and learn from the example that He set before us. We are in a challenging time as a church. Some folk are clueless. Some folk, Earl, they don't realize where we are today. They don't realize the importance of our day. And there'll be many that will shrink and fall away because they don't understand. Because they're clueless. There's some folk that already today and on Facebook Live and right here before you That'll use COVID-19 as an excuse to stay out of church. I got good reason to be at home. I understand that. I understand that. I get that. Somebody asked me the other day. That it's a different world in which we live. I have to trust the Lord. Listen, how many of you believe that you're not leaving here one minute before God's ready for you? Has COVID changed that? Did COVID rewrite the Bible? Did COVID change God's promise? When I am done here and God is done with me, I want the children to look at me. I want that to be in my funeral. My daddy's work is over. God took him home. God called him up. Amen. The, faith, the just shall live by what? And not by what? Let that soak in. Jesus 
set his face to go into Jerusalem. As they come and get an invitational song ready this morning, and while we bow our heads and close, I want to say to you, I want to extend to this church a great appreciation, a great appreciation that we continue to move forward and we continue to move on. To get the most important message that will ever be told, and that's the gospel message of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the folks that continue the, the meal ministry. Would have been easy to say, well, got COVID, got this pandemic going on. And to stop that ministry. Put it on hold. I want to say that I appreciate those in vacation Bible school this year. Been an easy year to say, well, got this pandemic, we're just we're not gonna have Bible school this year. We'll just take it easy. No, we move on. Find a different way. And I want to say that I found it very charming. I did. Because, see, I've done been where, you're, where some of you have gone and, you know, to get, well, I left my phone in the car. But anyway, to stand in front of a phone, camera, and to do a Bible lesson is not the easiest thing in the world. Trust me, I know. There ain't been a bond that comes about me and my tripod and my phone in my office, amen, like you just wouldn't believe. But you move past your nerves, you move past your fear, and you went ahead to get the word out, to have Bible school. Amen? That's an effort that I'm trusting God to bless, to protect. Amen? You say, I'm trusting God to protect. We have to trust God to protect. Amen? And I believe that God will give an increase. Amen? I, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to each night of Vacation Bible School. Thank you for being a part. Looking forward to the crafts, Corey. Looking forward to the Bible lessons that, that people put forth. Amen? Thank you for being a part this morning. Sometimes, like Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem, We've got to set our own face to simply move forward. To simply move forward. I'm going to ask you to stand because I'm going to ask us to move forward this morning. I'm going to ask us to move forward to this altar to pray for Bible school. We did Bible school not for a show, but for God's glory. Amen to exalt our Lord and Savior, that will always be our only commitment, to exalt Him. Amen? And so I want us to pray that God would bless our Bible school, God would bless our efforts, and souls be saved and lives be changed to the glory of God. I'm going to ask you to move forward to pray 
for Kayla and for Baby Baker this morning. Kayla's sick. Kayla's not doing well. And um, we, we, we got a new report, new update this morning. And they're so thankful. See, they still believe in God and they believe in the power of prayer. And so we're going to move on and lift that family up. Good to have Sandra with us this morning. I know she appreciates the prayers. Baby Baker will be having a heart cath if nothing changes on, on Tuesday. I'm a heart patient. I've had a few heart casts. I know what that's like. I'm praying that little baby don't have to have a heart transplant. Amen. But to God be the glory. Whatever his will, we bow our heads to his sovereignty. I'm going to ask you to move forward and move on. And pray for my mom. Wednesday is a big day for my mom. We get a brain scan on Wednesday and kind of a final consultation with mom's main doctor on Wednesday. And we have a whole lot more information and knowledge concerning mom. But we need the prayers. She needs the prayers. And so I'm just going to ask you, just play something, Barbara. And let's social distance best you can. If you just want to kneel at where you are, that's fine. That's okay this morning. But if you have a need and want to be at this altar, certainly God's altar is open where He'll protect us. Amen. But just a moment. Just, just come and kneel and pray or kneel where you are and let's, let's have a word of prayer collectively praying unto our Lord. Amen. Let's do that. Come on. <laughs> 